0: I was like, "Okay, you're going to be cool. You're not going to be super goofy. You're not going to like be like loud and like well all the time." And so, I was like, "Yeah, just like don't say anything." And like give like two-word answers always. Like I think that's how you're cool.
1: Oh, <laughs> full, full on cool architect like.
0: Yeah. And that lasted 2 days. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to Did I Do That? It's a podcast about making graphic design and making mistakes because it's all part of the process. I'm Sean Schumacher. And joining me today, a very special guest. uh, After starting her career in print at, of all things, the magazine 12-year-old me loved more than anything else in the world, Macworld, Uh, she went on to lead design teams at... In house, <laughs> I'm gonna take that again. Jesus. She wanted, she read it. It's a good thing I don't make my living from saying words, huh? <laughs> uh, she went on to lead design teams in-house at both Open Table and the recently departed but beloved bank, Simple Finance. And these days, she's the co-founder and creative director on the design side at St. Friend, which she runs with her partner, Nick Carter. And no, not that Nick Carter, a different Nick Carter. It's Kate Carter.
0: Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having I'm me. I'm very
1: happy to have you here. You were wandering the maze that is the Portland State University campus. I made it. You made it. You survived. You got through the gauntlet to the grayest part of the campus.
0: It's gorgeous. I mean, who needs all those cherry blossoms and no. the beautiful farmer's market? We're over here. I can feel the rumble of Trimet.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really a choice spot. Like if you like um, freeways, if you like having your car broken into, these are all amazing features <laughs> of this region of town.
0: And I love a lot of one-way streets. too. Yeah. It's really-
1: <laughs> <laughs> one-way streets where if you go the wrong way, you are literally like... Three miles out of your way Because there's not going to be another turn <laughs>
0: That's actually why I was like like I meant to be early and I ended up being Just on time because of the <laughs> fact That I like almost ended up in Tualatin <laughs> Oh god I was like oh no <laughs> Missed the one ramp
1: But it always happens here It's such a difficult place to get to For being
0: supposedly <laughs> well, conveniently
1: located It's
0: worth it you know it's like that's the thing is You gotta work for it you <laughs> gotta really want to be here Is it worth it? <laughs> so. I think so <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
1: there's there's lots of great creative energy here. I'll say that. It's maybe just the scenery that is not so uh, astonishing.
0: Well, people always think I went to PSU because I'm such a fan of it. Yes. And I'm just like, no, I'm just like the number one fan of PSU's <laughs> design program. Like, I swear it's the best there is. And people are like, you, and Aww. you didn't go here? I'm like, no.
1: <laughs> well, that I, that means a lot because you, you've gone to, you know, real fancy design schools.
0: More or less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I feel really lucky that I've, I've gone to the places where I have, but it also made me very appreciative of the community here and like how special and sweet and like encouraging the vibes are. It's just truly the best.
1: Yes. And you've same friend has hired quite a few PSU students. I know. I, some we of were, our best and brightest.
0: I, I pride myself on it. I truly think too. like any success that I have is 100 percent due to them because of the fact <laughs> that like they They just are completely unafraid to, like, challenge us on stuff and be like, yeah, we could do that. But what if we made it a little better and different? (laughs) (laughs) So I feel really, really grateful for everything that PSU has done for me. (laughs) Well, I think the feeling
1: is mutual. Um, But, yeah, I think that kind of gets to our superpower, though, is that we're weird. This is a weird place. I love it. And maybe that environment, you know, just, like, infects us like a disease. (laughs) that we got from the dirty bathrooms here
0: i love it i love it <laughs> here for it
1: uh yes this is why people come here for the dirty dirty bathrooms <laughs> you you are not from portland no. originally you're a fairly recent portland transplant
0: where did you grow up yeah i grew up actually in the bay area and oh. it was funny because I, I know i'm one of those <laughs> <laughs> no. bay area ruiners um <laughs> But I um, no, I grew up, and I only ever lived in the East Bay. It was so funny for like the first thirty years of my life. and really? yeah, and my it's funny because my family, my mom and dad were both born in the Bay Area. My mom was born in San Francisco, my dad was born in Oakland. My mom's family like went back to the gold rush. My dad's family was Whoa. like had been in California for forever too. And when I told them I was moving to Portland, they were like, "Why?" Like, why are you, why are you leaving? We, we don't leave. And I was like.
1: (laughs) I, we have to watch the mine where these gold rush jeans I know, are. Exactly, kept. exactly. That's our family fortune.
0: It was so funny. And, like, I, yeah, I grew up in the East Bay. I ended up going to UC Berkeley. Well, first, I went to like a little tiny liberal arts college for two years. I was one of seven art majors. Whoa.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was it like, so the whole school was pretty small, it too? It was tiny.
0: It was smaller. I went to a high school of like 4,700 people, so a big high school. Yeah,
1: that's kind of my experience, too. Really? <laughs> yes. Where are you from? I well, I'm from Las Vegas. <gasps>
0: originally. I didn't know that my in-laws live in Las Vegas. It's bad. <laughs> they should move. We're trying to get up to but they <laughs> my my mother-in-law she loves wearing sequins out on a Friday night so she she couldn't yeah, move that, here. That's the
1: headquarters of that. Yeah,
0: yeah, she's built for it. But um that's so funny you're from Las Vegas. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, but no, same, like I grew like huge high school, and then the college I went to was like 3,500 people, and so I was like, wow. oh, this is tiny, and it was like, it was an awesome school because the class sizes were so small that I got truly individual attention, like I remember... I literally had a art history teacher that I had and I had two classes with her and she asked me she was like who's your who's your academic advisor and I was like oh this lady Maria I don't really know her and later that day she went into Maria's office and took my file and was like I'm her advisor now wow yeah and so that was the cool thing about going to a small school it was just super great but I I was kind of curious about what it would be like to go to a bigger school and I uh, applied to UC Berkeley to transfer and then forgot about it. And oh, because uh, I applied as a like I was trying to transfer as a sophomore, and they were like, Oh, we don't really do that. And then I forgot about it. And a year and a half later, they were like, Oh, by the way, you got into UC Berkeley a year and a half later. <laughs> I totally for- had forgotten about it. Honestly,
1: that's such a <laughs> <laughs> I'm astonished that they could even keep records that long.
0: I know, seriously. And it was just like, I, it, Yeah, it's it was weird the way that the world worked then.
1: Yeah, were um, they just processing everything on like a tandy? 500 each student takes like yeah. 13 <laughs> days to get through the queue.
0: I think honestly so because I remember like the the website I went on was called Telebears. That was like <laughs> how I <laughs> how you like I don't know if I wonder if they still have it.
1: <laughs> Every every 80s kid would know you know know. growing up you had a telebear and had the little (laughs) CRT television in its stomach and it would play infomercials
0: I mean that was a telebear yeah a little speak and spell telebear kind of thing Um, but yeah, so then I went there and then I, I went to college or grad school at a grad school that was like based in Oakland and San Francisco. So I finally crossed over to San Francisco. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've, you've finally crossed the Rubicon. I
0: know, but I still have a 925 telephone number. I'm like so East Bay. <laughs> so,
1: 925 for life. I
0: know exactly. Love it. Can't get rid of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what got you into art? What got you into design before even you got to to the small school
0: oh my gosh I had I was one of three girls and my sisters were both very cool and very popular cheerleaders and I was very (laughs) not and um I was like the only thing that I ever kind of was naturally good at like when I was a kid I definitely was like I'm gonna be a children's book author and illustrator double threat and it's funny because I always joke that's kind of what I do now (laughs) but just like for adults and it's not books it's websites
1: (laughs) It's more money in that,
0: yeah, yeah. It turns out, but yeah, it was like the only thing I had ever kind of naturally been good at, and I didn't actually know what's so funny, and it sounds so strange to say now. I didn't know design was like a occupation. I think that's
1: really common. Yeah, though. like we have a lot of students even now that are like, well, I didn't know what this was yeah. before I got into it. I just wanted to draw, and I didn't really know what they were doing in the art practice side. Yeah,
0: and it's funny too because I I was listening to some of the other episodes, and like Hiller Goodspeed had a similar of like I just like loved posters and like gig art and things like that yeah. and like I worked briefly briefly like like for like a week at a Rasputin Records what <laughs> and I remember too like being like oh I love all this Al I just want to like do this and um I just loved that whole side of it and so in my mind I was like well yeah I want to be an art major I want to be like a painter and that was my vision for my life
1: but that's a really interesting entryway into like into this field so you you decide to go into it, you end up at UC Berkeley. What did you find there when you got into a larger community?
0: Well, it was really funny because I was so nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I feel like the other thing, too, of my whole life was like I was always so nervous before I did any single thing. Like that's going to come up over and over.
1: <laughs> um, I know nothing about
0: that. <laughs> I'm sure nobody, yeah, nobody else feels that way ever. I, I've definitely not been having
1: a panic attack all morning.
0: <laughs> oh, good to know I'm not alone. <laughs> Um, But I really didn't know what to expect. I was super intimidated because going from the school where I was, you know, it was 3,500 students. I was like one of seven art majors. And I was, it was like, I think Cal at the time was like 55,000 students. It's a big, big school. It's a, like a city. Yeah. And I was one of like 110 art majors. And if you actually do the math, it was a smaller percentage of art majors. <laughs> So I was like, oh, I'll go to a bigger school. And they were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like you see- Get
1: ready to be brushed even more to the yeah. side.
0: But it was so great because I um, I thought I wanted to be a painting major because when I was at St. Mary's, the tiny school, um, they were very focused on kind of like the classical uh, like way of teaching art. and Like, you know, you kind of copy the old masters oh, and learn yeah. like all the all the tricks of the trade and like the craft of it. And then I got to UC Berkeley and they were like, yeah, no, we don't do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, like you're on your own. But um, they were much more focused on like conceptual art and the yeah. whole idea of like the idea behind it and the story and the message. And I had just some fantastic professors there, though. I had like a printmaking professor that I loved and I wasn't really super into printmaking like it wasn't a thing I'd particularly been interested in but he was just such a wonderful teacher and such a nice person that I was like I'm just gonna take every class that Randy teaches and shout out to Randy Hussong he's still there at UC Berkeley hi Randy I know nicest guy and so I ended up just taking every class that I could and then I was like oh I guess I'm a printmaking major now (laughs) (laughs) Kind of by default. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have to make any conceptual, like,
1: pieces in Randy's glasses?
0: Not in Randy. Well, Randy's, yes. And Randy was awesome about kind of, like, he didn't make it feel like it was a chore. He made it feel like... He would just have a conversation with you and be like, whatever you're interested in, he would find a way for you to make that thing. And actually, one of the things I brought is from oh, one, one of his classes. I would love
1: to see. Okay, so you've got an envelope there. Yeah, it's a wonderful, beautiful envelope with oh the little. God, thank you. So it's much. one of those like interoffice envelopes that have like the tie shut thing with like the two rivets. Yeah, and the holes in it. And I'm doing a terrible job describing. No,
0: this is great. Well, and yeah, it's like one of those little those little Manila. Folders, yeah, where you like write the name that, yeah, inner office communication. Yeah,
1: it feels like it's pulled from the set of severance.
0: Yes, yes. And I was really into technology at the time, and I had started making all these little foldable. Uh, oh. Kind of pop up screen print. So I would make a screen print of um, I was really, really into Moog synthesizers. I always wanted oh, to own one. Yeah. Uh, never bought one and They're never
1: expensive. I
0: know. And I was like, not good. At- <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, this would be really, really. Not great because there's only so many of them in the world. If like I was in possession of one, so I made like a little paper one, and it was really cute. And so Randy was like, "Oh well, what if you made like more modern technology?" So this commercial had just come out at the time, and this is a MacBook <gasps> paper. So oh my gosh! So even thinner than the MacBook. The original Air. MacBook
1: Air, which famously the ad was them pulling it out of an envelope. Yeah, um, and so wow, <laughs> it's oh like. That's really well done, actually.
0: I, well, thank you for saying so. I was looking at it last night, and I was like, oh, this is pretty shabby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're being very hard on yourself. I I think it's like you've got the proportions right. You've yeah. got – for someone who – I'm guessing this probably would have been like before – like soon – like they stopped airing that commercial very soon after, I feel like. So you probably didn't even have one to reference.
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. I think this is all based on like looking at the internet and then like – taking a photo of my my regular macbook um but it was funny because at the time it was like the shop record for the amount of colors because it's got like a oh. gradient i think there's like 17 colors on this
1: thing holy shit i i think i'd written off that it was printmaking and just like decided it was a digital print in my mind but, yeah or a, that's old-fashioned printmaking that's classical press printmaking
0: yeah it was all wow. the registration for for the listeners not a single thing here is properly registered. <laughs>
1: also for the listeners you may uh, you may not have had one of these first generation macBook airs but they did have that problem as well <laughs> like you know the keys would look like they were slightly off and there would just be sort of a white gap that you couldn't touch
0: yeah exactly yeah the trapping on the icons never. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that, that famously mac os ten four tiger you know oh my God, why everybody wanted to upgrade,
0: but this whole thing was like so I like hand painted with a little brush the icons and everything and all the details on yeah. the bottom and i
1: I admire the idea that you've included a little port for the battery
0: I <laughs> so know! Oh, yeah, didn't even...
1: Apple was ever going to include a removable battery in anything I ever about again. about
0: that yeah see so even you, then
1: you've improved on the core product,
0: yeah. It's nice. I forgot that I did kind of the metallic. I did a gray and then I did a metallic wash over here. You can look at it. Oh, my
1: God. You've got shimmery sparkles in this. (laughs) This looks way better even up close. (laughs) Like, it's really, really cool.
0: Oh, my God. And then, like, the
1: handmade icons... I want this icon pack. I was a big. I don't know if you were into this, but I was very into like the icon scene for Mac OS at oh, this yeah, time. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, so many cool things coming out of that.
0: Super bubbly, yeah. Oh, this
1: is, and fifteen out of twenty. So yeah,
0: it's an edi- it's a signed edition print. So somebody
1: out there has has the original number one.
0: <laughs> Actually, what's funny is I gave one of the original ones to a friend of mine's brother. And out of nowhere, like two weeks ago, he messaged me and he's like, I just found my MacBook paper that oh. you made. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought it was sweet. I mean, it was cool that, like, this thing, this just kind of silly thing. And then what's funny is I went on to go work for Macworld, and it was just such a weird coincidence.
1: Yeah. So, like, and had you really had, like, a a huge interest in in Apple and Mac before that? Or was it just, like...
0: No, it's actually a really funny story about how I got that job. So, well, I loved computers when I was growing up. We actually had... I'm old enough that people might not know what a word processor is, but it was oh, like yeah. the in-between of a typewriter and a computer. Yeah,
1: you'd type into sort of a memory bank, Yeah, another word that I feel like no one <laughs> under the age of 30 knows. No. Um, and it would show up on the screen, and then when you were ready, you could just print it, and it would type it all out onto yeah. onto the thing with typewriter, like... Things and the
0: little paper too <laughs> that had the the little tear off perforations on the side. Oh, you
1: had the kind with that kind of paper.
0: Yeah, it was nice. That's fancy. Yeah, you could get it to make a carbon copy. It was pretty pretty legit. Wow. Yeah.
1: Um. That's a that's a high quality. That would be still a pretty <laughs> desirable word processor. I gotta say,
0: it was cool. I kind of wish we still had it. But I, when I was a kid, I loved like I would pretend that thing was a computer, and I would sit there and like type like pretend command prompts on it. <laughs> I was like six, and my parents were like, Okay, we got to get this girl a computer. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so I, lo- I love. He's just
1: destroying every box we have in the house.
0: <laughs> exactly, and so I loved computers from early on. I was like, I remember truly like one of the best days of my life was one morning I woke up and my dad, who was a very early riser, had gotten the family computer and it was like sitting on the counter and I just like cried and it was like wow. so sweet. It was like, and it was just so funny because now it's like everybody's like, oh yeah, I got like an iPhone. It's like whatever. Yeah, uh, but I was- got this
1: dumb computer on my <laughs> wrist. I don't know. I hate it. it keeps telling me to stand-up.
0: <laughs> this is before they bossed us around, so we had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. The old, you know, a Performa
1: 630 is not going to tell you to stand
0: up no, ever. No, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a different time. And so I loved computers. I was always very interested in them, and I had thought that maybe I would get, like, a career in something, pr- computer graphics one day. <laughs> <laughs> You know, whatever my the under- job of
1: the future, yeah,
0: exactly. as a computer graphics artist, which again, now I'm doing it, yeah. I'm living my dream. <laughs> you yes. made it work, so I went to grad school, and my first job out of grad school was I got a job as an intern at a dog magazine. <gasps> which dog magazine? It was called Bark. <gasps> I know. That's a good name for a dog magazine. It was pretty great. It sounds kind of
1: upscale. I'll yeah, try.
0: yeah. It was it was like the premiere one. It was like oh. yeah, there was modern dog and there was bark and bark and <laughs> had... <laughs> and of course dog fancy, but Yeah,
1: but they're you know old school. Very, old school. Very very like corporate. Yeah
0: you know. I know and mass so, market. <laughs> yeah, they didn't they didn't like They don't care about what's on the edge of being a dog. They you didn't know? care about the people, okay. The dogs <laughs> They're looking back. We're looking forward. <laughs> I got this job and it was like, I love, I also love dogs. And my, I was like, this is my dream job. I, I love this. Yeah. And I was doing design work, but I also was walking like the five dogs in the office. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I. Full dog experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like. And it was funny, too. And actually, it was it was really funny because they were all different size and temperaments of dogs. So there was a really, really big dog who was like a sporting dog. And she was very fast oh. and always at the head. There was three of these little beagle mix puppies that were disasters. And they were always just <laughs> biting each other. And then at the back was Lenny, a 20-year-old schnauzer mix. Oh. I know. I have a 20-year-old dog now. And so, like, it was funny because at the time I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't know what I would do if I had a dog this old. And now I do. <laughs> But I would have to walk these dogs like multiple times a day. And when you're walking five dogs, you're also like carrying around their potty. Yeah. And I was like, and I remember Lenny, that 20 year old dog, he would lay in this one sunny spot in my office every afternoon. And I would just sit there and I would whisper to him and I go, Lenny, please don't die in my office. (laughs) (laughs) Like, please (laughs) don't do this to me.
1: This would be bad for both of yeah, us.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was just, just don't like. It's not going to look good for me, Lenny. I know the
1: sunbeams great,
0: but you know, there's, I know. Have you have you checked out the copy room lately? <laughs> that seems
1: pretty good, huh? I know. Nice warm copier.
0: It was. I mean, yeah, he could have picked a better spot, but no, he ended up living to be twenty four. So, damn, yeah, he went out for a while.
1: Good, good for Lenny. Yeah, Lenny's getting his uh, name <laughs> read right on the Today Show. I
0: know, seriously, and uh, yeah, with the Smucker's jam. <laughs> (laughs) Um,
1: They can't still do that.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a TV.
1: (laughs) Now now that's just a whole half hour of the Today Show. I know.
0: Just the birthday list. They're like, this is all you're here for. Um, We don't have anything else. I don't know. (laughs) But so I I worked there and then I quickly realized that I was like, I don't know if this is like long term going to be where i build my career and
1: it seems like a lot of extra things
0: yeah yeah and it was like i mean they were awesome it was so they were so sweet and it was great but i just was like yeah i don't know if this is like it and i had every time i had previously interviewed for a job Again, I was like out of my mind nervous, like just so 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 nervous. Yeah. And I had a friend who worked for GamePro magazine. Oh. I know, very fun. Him and I, you know, we'd chat on AIM, AIM or whatever you call it. We'd chat all day. <laughs> um while I was at work, um and maybe I wasn't a great employee of the dog magazine. While
1: I was <laughs> doing his channel. Well, chatting no, I think AIM. that's everyone in that era. Yeah, I think I so. Mean, that was
0: what work was. Yeah. And he was like, you know, they're hiring a designer at this job. Like, do you want to interview? It's for a sister magazine of ours upstairs called Macworld. Do you want to maybe interview for it? And I was like, well... Yeah, I guess. Why not? Because like worst case scenario, I could come back to the dog magazine and be like, hey, you know, you got to hire me from being an intern if you want to keep me because I'm a great employee walking all your dogs and everything. Yeah. And so I go into the interview at Macworld and I just I had I was like, listen, if I get the job, whatever, you know, like not a care in the world. That's a
1: great way to be.
0: It was it was the best interview of my life because I just truly was like, whatever happens, I'm cool with it. I'm just here to be myself. And I came out of the interview and I was like. Wow, I really liked everybody. That was cool. And then I was like, well, I don't know. Like, whatever happens, happens. Like, it's almost better if I don't want the job. And then to my surprise, I got it. And I was like, oh, well, do I want to stay at the Dog Magazine? And so (laughs) I go to them and I'm like, you know, hey, I I got this job at this computer magazine. Like you got leverage. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, Congratulations, best of luck. (laughs) And I was like, Oh no.
1: Oh no, no. uh, No space in the budget at the Dog (laughs) Magazine. There
0: was not. There was not, I realized then. Um and so I I was excited though, because I was like, you know, this is a great like people had heard of it and I had like a my own cubicle and uh, you know, I got to wear like office clothes to San Francisco every day. And I had the best boss. I had truly the greatest boss of all time. Rob Schultz, shout out to I'm just like giving shouts to people who are probably <laughs> won't listen to this. But he was truly the coolest, nicest boss of all time. And he was like whatever I was good at. He just was like, Yeah, you should do that for the magazine. Oh, cool. You you like can draw pictures. Maybe you could be a staff illustrator. Damn. Oh like. And he just like gave me every opportunity, which actually leads me to more of my my portfolio because it's all my Macworld work. But he he let me art direct photo shoots like with like people who were real deal like famous photographers that did all of like the the apple product shots and he yeah. he let me like work directly with them i knocked over like an like a fifty thousand dollar light stand oh shit i know <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and he didn't make me feel bad about it that's and... what
1: insurance is for know, exactly
0: but i mean it was just truly like the best job this was like and my my hand hand modeling uh, <laughs> an early that's some a, of my work that's that i
1: did excellent uh art directing well, thank it you is, it is kind of hard i think anyone who's read a tech blog knows that it is kind of hard to get good shots of a lot of products because they just like look so strange yeah in a lot of
0: environments yeah it was cool too because actually i learned like a lot of the secrets of it which is like you-, you know nobody wants to see like the butt of the phone like you don't want to see like the port <laughs> and um i learned like because the photographer who we worked with was peter bellinger who's the guy who does most of you know the box that you get your iphone and he yeah does most of those photos and so I was working with him in his studio, and it was like this incredible experience of just like getting to work with the best of the best. And here I was, like you know, just coming off hot of working for a dog magazine. <laughs> 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 Pretty, yeah. So I was, uh, yeah. You're, you're
1: coming into the studio. You've got twelve dogs. I know
0: exactly. Like,
1: I, I, I'm not working there anymore, but I, I just love them.
0: Side hustle for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But yeah, no, it was just it was such a great experience. And I, um, I loved every single person I worked with. I, I still think about it. And I I talk about it. everybody at St. Friend knows I talk about always all the time. And I'm like, it was the best first job anybody could have had because the fact that I had this boss who always saw whatever I was good at and just let me run with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you think that was like a big inspiration for you, like in terms of like setting the tone for the studio and for how like you work with folks that are just coming up? Like,
0: it, it definitely was. It also too kind of going back to again like the core theme of my life of like my like uh, crippling anxiety. <laughs> but um, when I went to grad school, I I went to grad school. I'm jumping all around in my career. That's so, fine. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> this everyone. It's a very non-linear show. <laughs> in my mind, I was like. I'll just tell all of them in order. I'm like, whatever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, it,
1: the problem is I'm the chaos agent here most of the time.
0: Me the, too, pers- so. the person
1: with the whoopee cushion on the desk in front of you.
0: And like the stick of butter.
1: Yes. This is a, this is the... a Hiller Goodspeed original. <gasps> Hiller gave this to me. Oh
0: my God. His handmade. Oh my God. That's awesome. 100% wood. Oh my God. I um... love that. I loved his podcast. It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> fan, fanning out over here, um. But I so when I went to grad school, I went straight from undergrad because I didn't. Again, I didn't know what design was, and I like my last semester of college found out design was a career, and I was like, ooh, whoops, oh. <laughs> should have majored in that.
1: So it was that late into yeah. Berkeley that you're like, wow, I it
0: it this honest, is a,
1: this is the thing, yeah.
0: And it honestly wasn't until I think like the studio assistant, uh, Cheen, who was um the person who kind of ran the print shop she was helping me make a print one day and she was like oh this is like so graphic like and you're you should maybe like learn photoshop and i was like what's oh. i was like what like what is and she, and she was like yeah this is almost more like like a graphic design poster and i was like wait say that again what was that <laughs>
1: like a scene from a movie where they <laughs> they figure out the title of the movie
0: yeah seriously
1: wow
0: and i so it's really really funny that was literally how it happened <laughs> and so
1: what do we call this the design so graphic yeah, graphic,
0: uh, graphic oh it's, graphic it's arts.
1: like yeah something like that <laughs> Graphical and- picture making—that's good.
0: <laughs> so I ended up being like, and also this was like 2008, so it was like the recession. And at that point, I really was like, I really don't think I'm getting a job. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a bad time. It was rough. That was also when I graduated.
0: <laughs> oh, really? <Terrifying>. Twins. Hey. <laughs> and I was like, well, might as well just double down and go to more school. <laughs> <laughs> What could be the mistake here?
1: I think there were a lot of people at that moment that decided exactly the same thing. Yeah.
0: And so I went to CCA and... Um, the,
1: I, the big art school name in, in the Bay Area.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I so I went to grad school and I, um, again, was so nervous. I was the youngest person in the program. I was also just really 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 like I'm such a goofball and <laughs> I told myself that I was like okay you're going to be cool you're not going to be you're not going to be super goofy you're not going to like be like loud and like well all the time and so I was like yeah just like don't say anything and like give like two word answers always like I think that's how you're cool
1: oh <laughs> full, full on cool architect like
0: yeah and that lasted 2 days <laughs> i'm not
1: kidding was there a thing that set you off back on your original path
0: i just was so tired at the end of every day that'll
1: do it yeah yeah
0: because i just felt like i was like i have so much to say (laughs) (laughs) which like we know (laughs) um so i had this one teacher my first semester who was Kind of one of those. He was really hard on everybody. Oh. Yeah. And it like also just, I wasn't ready for it. I think coming off of having a teacher like Randy who had been so like, hey, you're into that? That's cool. Check yeah. that out. And then somebody who literally I kept i would panic because i kept missing the mark and it was like whatever i did it wasn't the right thing and i didn't i couldn't tell if it was like a tactic or or what and my anxiety like got worse and worse and worse yes i know
1: that feeling very well um the unpleasable father figure
0: yeah and it's funny too because like i um i came from such like a my parents were so supportive and like just so always like, whatever you do is great. And so I just was like, the, maybe the first, like I'm so lucky that that's like one of the first times in my life I'd encountered that. But it was like this being in a school where everybody had real experience. Like there was a, 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 like student a uh, colleague of mine, what do you call him? Co-student? What's the what's the word? Um, but somebody else I in my class. That. Yeah. Cohort maybe? Cohort member. Yeah. Who um she was like one of them and to this day is one of the most fantastic designers I'd ever met. And she had like worked at Starbucks already as like a like on their graphic design team. I was like, why are you here? Like you don't you've already <laughs> made it. You already figured it out. And um it was just like so humbling to be with all these people who were so incredible and like had experience and I was just like oh my god like and so here I was at every turn I felt like I couldn't do the right thing yeah. and I was just so like physically sick to my stomach every oh, day it's just horrible
1: had you even gotten to take any graphic design classes in undergrad no. in that last year no wow. and it was funny
0: because I remember I had this this other teacher he was also kind of one of those unpleasable father types but he had somehow this weird like soft like soft uh inside that you could tell <laughs> That you could kind of poke. You could kind of poke and get to it. But I remember so it's perhaps a little bit of a
1: facade. Yeah, that... you could
0: tell. You could tell that it was like he was just faking it a little bit, and that you could you could get on the other side with him. But um, I remember I we had to make a typeface. This is my first semester of school, and Damn. yeah, it
1: that's was a big pressure. Pretty ambitious, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I had to teach myself the pen tool in one day, and oh, I'd never no. used Illustrator. And I just remember sitting in the studio. And everybody's just like click 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 like like doing all these points and I was and I just was like, could someone could someone just take like two minutes and show me how to do the pen tool? Oh God! And everyone was like, you don't know how to use the pen tool? And I'm like, I actually don't know how to use um Adobe Illustrator. And they were like, what? And so all the wow. other students helped me. Like I still remember oh. like where I was sitting, and they all then they were all panicking too because this was like project runway level like the timelines on these were just bananas yeah. and so they were like okay here just do this just do this and ask me any questions do you need anything okay and i was like cool thank oh. you and it was really sweet and so this was like monday we had the first class i learned the pen tool i make you know the first however many <laughs> letter forms of my my atrociously ugly typeface and i bring it to class and i hang we print everything out we hang it on the wall and the teacher looks at it and he's like oh god this is awful oh god and i was like oh okay okay and he was like um yeah this is really bad and i was like okay and i just kind of stood through the crit- like the critique and i took it because i thought that's what i had to do but not really anything
1: constructive just that he didn't no, and, like it
0: and it was like so devastating but then at the end somebody a, a student was like kate just learned how to use the pen tool two days ago and he goes oh for real and i was like yeah and they were like he's like this is really good <laughs> <laughs> Wow,
1: context is important, huh? Yeah,
0: and that was my first semester of grad school. And my second semester, I had, uh, again, one of my my shout outs, I had this professor named Martin Vineski. He taught this thing called Form Studio, and he did this super, super interesting assignment where he had the first day of class a bunch of paper bags on the table and you just had to go up and take a paper bag and he had gone to a hardware store and he just bought a bunch of stuff at this hardware store and put it all in paper bags and mine was a screwdriver and like one of those like multi-tool screwdrivers and i think a bunch of rubber bands (laughs) and he was like
1: uh, this <laughs> Iron Chef competition is getting really weird. This, They're yeah. running out of ideas <laughs> exactly. at this stage. You're
0: wondering what grad school was like. And he was like, take this home and just photograph these items as many ways as you can possibly think to do it. And I all of a sudden was kind of like, there's no right or wrong way to do this. It's just however I'm going to do it. And so kind of lower the stakes, put everybody on like a equal ground a yeah. little bit. And I went home and I took a bazillion photographs and I made a bunch of things. And he was so encouraging. And he was like, this is so interesting. And everything he like, because it wasn't that it was the best work in the world, but he saw when I showed it what I was trying to do. And he acknowledged like what he he could see, what my intention was. Yes. And I just was like, I, for the first time, like my anxiety went away for the first time in like months and months and months. And I like... (laughs) ate a bagel after class and could do it you know and um he just always i was so excited and i wanted to make more and more and more work for martin and it was like whatever you need like he'd give me some little direction and i'd be like oh my god martin i would be so happy and then i'd just go and make a thousand things and they were like getting better and better yeah and it was like oh that was all i needed you know (laughs) and so i told myself that i was like no matter what you do Always, always, always try to understand when somebody makes something, no matter what you think of it, like what, just try to understand what they were trying to do Yeah, and acknowledge the work that they put into it because it is like the hardest thing to make something and then put it in front of someone and like feel like they saw it, you know? Yeah. And knowing, too, like, in design, how many hours go into just a little tiny decision.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, the number of blind alleyways you end up going down to get to there. And- yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because actually everybody at St. Friend knows that we have this. Um, we always say we work non-destructively. So even though we do everything in Figma now and whatever, I always say, like, don't delete even the dumbest thing. Like, even the thing <laughs> that you were just, like... I, I this is ridiculous I'm like save it I want to see it because I want to see all the paths that you went down because I think it's interesting and it helps me understand how you think and I also too always wanted to create part of the reason why we called it Saint Friend was because we wanted to create this feeling of friendship in the creative process yeah. and and have it be authentic and both that being from like a client side so like, like our clients fe- like feeling that we are welcoming them in with friendship but also for the team like we very much much. Um, Clarissa is one of our designers who's been with us for forever. And she and I were out and about, like going to Kelly Paper the other day. And uh, we were talking about how what's so cool is like the way that everybody works is really in this way of like in the spirit of friendship. Like we're all kind yeah. of creating that space for each other. And that was why, I mean, and that was really like the thing that for me, I think having not had that for a little while and then getting that and seeing so clearly what a huge tremendous difference it made for me as a person to work in that way yeah and I
1: think that like there's definitely the mode of design that is you know kind of the Paul Rand where you come to a client and you I have the solution and you don't get to question the solution and I think to some people that is very appealing yeah (laughs) certainly to young me that was very appealing because I was so terrified of my own decisions (laughs) I don't want anyone questioning this (laughs) Um, but I think like just the name Saint Friend I think speaks to like the idea of like meeting everybody in the middle and like trying to find like common ground and ways to pull people up so that you all get to the same place together. Yeah. Like that is such a better way of doing design.
0: Yeah, that is definitely how we felt about it and I'm I'm glad that comes through.
1: It's a very it's a very positive vibe. Yeah. Um you're getting through grad school. You go to to the magazine game. Yep. You're walking dogs. You're <laughs> Knocking over lights at Macintosh photo shoots. <laughs> yep, um, capturing the majestic beauty of the eMac and I'm trying to remember what 2008 Macs there were.
0: Well, it was. Uh, I mean, MacBook Air. Uh, MacBook Air. Yeah, that was Mac the big Pro, one. We were past the Cube at that point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> RIP the cube. I know they keep trying to revisit the cube as a premise, like the trash can MacBook Pro or the trash can Mac Pro that was just like
0: my husband still has a, a G4 cube in the basement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed that plastic that surrounds it that suspends the cube hasn't just yellowed and deteriorated into dust at this point. I
0: think it'll outlive us all. I think it's
1: <laughs> well, it, I, it would have to because I don't believe it's user serviceable in no. any way. <laughs> Um. After you're leaving MacWorld, you you start putting together a portfolio. Well, well, like when? What was the decision like to leave MacWorld? First of all,
0: it was pretty tough because I I loved working there. I had so much fun, and I I'd gone through a couple years of the print cycle. Um, and you start to see how in print it's like okay, this is kind of like this time of year. This is coming up again. Yeah. And so I felt like I had really gotten into a rhythm with it, and I was like, I could either stay and keep doing this, but honestly, it was because of ironically the iPad that we were doing these like features oh. about was kind of shuttering print and i was just nervous that i was like well what if i don't have skills you know in the rest of the world going forward and um it's funny because mac world's still around they're doing fine so
1: <laughs> <laughs> i also like how when i'm trying to list off apple products from 2008 iphone does not cross my mind yeah, at all. it was there <laughs> that's sort of the the i would say the big thing
0: that yeah year. yeah <laughs> it's pretty big but i i just realized that i was like you know i this to be as as young as I am in my career I feel like I should just be trying to go out and get as many skills as I as I can. Yeah. And so I ended up going to a really really small agency. It was like four people. Wow. Yeah. And I you know the the cool thing was is that you got to kind of do everything. I got to be uh, a product designer, I got to do photo shoots, I got to be in client meetings, I got to like Just do it all. And I learned a ton. And I learned, like, every single aspect of everything from, like, how to, like, gather user requirements for building an app and how to do wireframes and how to – all the way to, like, hand-specking documents to send over to developers. Just really, really in it. And I did it for a year. And I – you know – I think that at the time, what's funny, it's funny now that I run a studio because at the time I was so sad that I was like, oh, I just send these things off and then I don't have any more say in them. I don't have any influence in them. Like, that's so sad. I'd rather, like, have something I could work on for a really long time. And so I ended up wanting to move in-house and I... Miraculously landed on my feet at Open Table as like the very first brand designer that they'd ever hired.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. So this would have been like early days of Open Table.
0: No, actually, Open Table had been Uh-oh. around for. <laughs> <laughs> OpenTable had been around since 1997. So at that point, they were almost a 20-year-old tech company, which is like in dog years, like 5,000 years old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the oldest. But their brand, Turner Duckworth, had done it in the late 90s. And it was really, really great work uh, from Turner Duckworth then, but it had been 20 years. So it needed... needed a refresh if there's one thing that i know
1: about tech it's that you know you like age is really a thing that you Good want yeah. you want you want stuff that feels very vintage very 90s. yeah
0: <laughs> so i had taken this job and they had just started building a design practice like in in the company i mean this is like how early days that was Wow. and I, they had hired this guy who was like an x ideo x adaptive path guy to be the creative director and he was just awesome and kind of had a vision for this interdisciplinary design team and again he was one of those people that he saw every opportunity in other people like he saw like what you were good at and he just kept like finding the ways of letting you double down on what you were good at. Yeah. So that was just such an awesome incredible experience too and I got to work on that rebrand project that they did and that that whole rebrand was like a thing that I worked on the entirety of my time there pretty much and the um the logotype of the Open Table logo that's still out there now is something that like I physically worked on and like customized those letters and my team like we all worked in a tiny hot little room for for months (laughs) like getting this thing ready to go so maybe maybe not quite
1: the you know what people think of as tech startup like energy (laughs) you're not hanging around with pool tables and
0: no they they had that too (laughs) (laughs) They had they had like it was very tech, too, because it was like a downtown San Francisco office, all the snacks and, um, you know, ping pong table and that whole thing. People
1: riding those scooters through the office.
0: (laughs) No scooters, thankfully. That
1: was still to come.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, no, it was. uh, And the company was like. 400 people when I started. But when I left, it was like up to seven or 800. Wow. Yeah, it was a big company. And again, that was an amazing experience, too. Everybody there was awesome. And everything we worked on, I'm, I'm still so proud of to this day. And it's it's really cool. So, What made you want to kind of shift over to Simple? I, you know, I'd been living in the Bay Area my whole life. Uh, and I'd never moved for college or anything. I just literally had always lived within a 25-mile radius of every place I'd ever lived. Which is... <laughs> I actually looked one day and I was like, wow, this is a pretty, like, and as the crow flies, too, it was like you could get, you could actually draw a line that was only like seven miles, but be, like between every point that I'd ever moved, I would only move in like seven mile increments, basically.
1: You had a system, in other
0: Yeah, ways. yeah, exactly. I was like slowly kind of just like a little snail snailing my way around.
1: If you'd stayed, you'd be, you know, out in the bay somewhere. Yeah, I'd
0: be living on the Farallana. Yeah. <laughs> all the seals. <laughs> um, Sounds great. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> and it was funny because actually I was thinking about this this morning. The way that I got my job at Simple was so funny. I had come up to Portland just like on a weekend vacation just because I'd wanted to see it and, um, and hang out. And I was waiting to go to the airport and I had a little bit of time to kill. And so I went to a coffee shop that was down on the park blocks. It's not there anymore. But I was sitting at this coffee shop just kind of like people watching and I watched these three guys come in and they had a camera and they had a phone and they had a bunch of little stuff and they were like real kind of like furtively like go and you know buy a little cup of like cappuccino and then put it on the table and then like put the phone down and I was like oh these guys work for a startup and these guys are doing like a on the fly product photo shoot and so I just kind (sighs) of walk up to them and I was like what are you guys doing (laughs) (laughs) that's bold well I I, in my mind I'm like I'm like I'm overly friendly and then I thought about it and I was like they probably like were really freaked out (laughs) like what I also feel like
1: that could have gone very sideways yeah
0: exactly like I think they were like are you like a security person You,
1: (laughs) you want in on this job
0: I know exactly and I recognized on the table was the Simple debit card. And it's funny because when I'd worked at that agency, Simple was literally when they first launched. I remembered looking at their site because there was this like incredible, weird, like moray code that like you could change your browser size and it would like change this little weird script doodle that had like it looked kind of like the, you know, like the pattern that's on money, like kind of oh. thing. And I had always admired them as a company because I was like, oh, wow, they have such great, like, artistry and that craft that like digital craft yeah and so i like saw. i was like oh do you guys work for simple and they were like yeah do you know what that is (laughs) and i was like (laughs) yeah i love simple and so i started talking with a couple of them and ended up staying in touch and i just was like oh how fun that i got to meet these guys and i then just went through like realizing that i loved living in the bay area but commuting was you know hellacious i had like a Hour and a half commute in any single direction every day. Sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) And I was, and I just kind of was like, what if I didn't do that anymore? (laughs) What if I.
1: What if I lived someplace where ninety percent of my income wasn't going towards transportation and yes. housing?
0: And it was funny too, because I, I again I was talking about earlier, like my um well before the recorder was talking about, I looked at the time box a little archive that was my Twitter that I had and all of it was me just like posting photos of being stuck on BART like <laughs> We're stuck in the Transway tube again. It's really getting hot in here. It's
1: really glamorous. Yeah. That Bay Area life that everyone aspires to. I know.
0: And so I saw that Simple had a job for an art director and I um, was just kind of like, okay, why not? You know, like, yeah. I, and it was, it was similar actually to when I interviewed at Macworld because it was kind of yeah. the same thing. of just like, yeah, why not? I'm like, let's just see if it happens, it'll happen, yeah. And I actually, what was funny was then I went and hiked the Inca Trail, and oh. I, I did that right after I had my interview. It was like, literally, I had my interview, and then I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm gonna be offline for two weeks um, because I'm hiking the Inca Trail. Damn, <laughs> <know>. all right. <laughs> um, my dad was kind of an adventurer, so him and I did that together. It was very oh. sweet. I came back from doing that and I checked my phone and I had a two week old voicemail. <laughs> that was the the hiring manager offering me the job. And I was like, Oh no, what if they oh, God. gave it away? But they didn't. And so I moved up here. <laughs> got,
1: his... got me right on the nose. <laughs> Bonked just into the mic. Square on the nose.
0: <laughs> and, um, honka, honka. <laughs> and so, yeah, I took a, I just kind of was like, why not? And, and, packed up my my life and came up here
1: Wow! Yeah,
0: that's a big
1: thing. Yeah, <laughs> get back from a trip and you're moving to an entirely different city, 400 miles away.
0: I almost think too that had I not gone on that trip, I don't know if I would have been brave enough to do it because it oh. had been like I was so outside of my element and my life and everything, and you're so disconnected from everything that yeah. you have nothing but your own kind of like feelings and thoughts and and the people that are around you to talk to. Yeah, and I just really was like, okay. Yeah.
1: Like we and I think we react to like wanting stability in our lives and wanting like continuation. And even if that continuation is not necessarily going to lead us where we want to be, sometimes you need that kind of interruption to make you go like, oh, actually, I could be doing this other thing or I could be somewhere else where I can
0: afford to live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I yeah, I came up here and um and it was just, like, such a different thing and such a different experience. But it was just really, really, it was incredible in that that was where I met my husband, Nick. Yeah. And, and that we were um, hired to be kind of each other's creative partners. And it <laughs> was kind of a scandal. <laughs> and good I,
1: matching though i
0: know well it was funny because i just had like so much respect for him and i just had, like really admired the way that he worked and then we became friends and then you know just kept doubling down i guess
1: <laughs> the dare just kept escalating
0: i know exactly exactly but it was just really it was like a very unique thing and to find somebody too i think i think what it was was that him and i like communicated so well together and we worked so well together and we genuinely just really liked being together and spending time and like talking about whatever weird idea and it yeah. just that's kind of how it is still you know
1: did it feel like a natural decision to to step away from simple and to go into saint friends i mean as a as a partnership or a rude, am i jumping of ahead a lot? no
0: <laughs> no <laughs> well i'll tell you too and you can edit this out or okay. not okay um, Actually, you know, I, uh, your call. Um, OK. I got laid off, actually. Oh,
1: fuck. But, well, that's the, that's the tech tradition.
0: But what's funny is um, I we had been talking about that we knew that we wanted to do this. And we had been, we'd come up with a name, we'd come up with a website and this whole thing. And I ended up getting laid off and he didn't. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it
1: was rough. Was this like the first one after BBVO or whatever? No, they, are they had bought? had a couple
0: waves of it, oh. and so we'd kind of seen what had happened, and so kind of knew that this is a possibility. But again, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, we have the stability of a job, or you know, what do you do? And then all of a sudden, the decision kind of been made. Yeah. And it's funny because there's so many layoffs happening right now, and you know. Yeah, it's just, it's really painful. And, um, but the thing is that it led me to one of the very best things that I've ever had in my whole life, which is like this opportunity to create this little community that I in my wildest dreams wanted, uh, you know, so much. And that Nick and I had this dream and this vision together of like what our little community and what our life could be, because we knew that he had had a really similar background of, you know, feeling a lot of the same ways of, like, that kind of feeling lost in the creative work whenever he wasn't able to, like, hit the mark. And that yeah. it, the more criticism, like, it was just, like, the more you kind of felt lost and didn't know which way to go. And we had both found that we were, like, one of our, our kind of guidelines in the studios is, like, we always say, say yes often. This mm-hmm. idea of, um, with clients, like, we always walk them through, like, at the beginning of the process, like, you can tell us what you hate. Yeah. But please, 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 Tell us what you love and tell us, or even just what you think is interesting yeah. or, or, and find the ways of saying yes. So we had, yeah, had that vision of like starting the studio and going from there and we wouldn't have done it otherwise. Well, and that
1: feels like it's so lacking from from creative practice just generally, like, you know, that spirit of yes and, yeah. but also just the spirit of positivity. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, can, it can be that you get, you know, the... withholding daddy figure in your head and then you just i might be thinking of me personally especially no (laughs) no you start to spiral because that figure is unpleasable
0: yeah and it's funny because the thing that i that still always like stays with me and why it was actually really fun to get to bring some of this work to show to you is that like I have the curse of every single thing that I ever make, that I make individually, I hate. I I just, I can't... I
1: know the feeling, yeah. Yeah,
0: I can't look at it. And I think it's getting better over time. But like historically, I'm just like, oh my God. But the work of other people, I just fall in love with. I just am like, oh my God, like this is the best thing. And like oh this is just like I see what you did and I just admire it so much
1: yeah well like when you were coming in you were wearing a Saint Friend sweatshirt <laughs> yeah. and you you made sure to rep that it was Kayla uh, one of our alums yeah. who works there who made it
0: yeah and it was like um, and I was joking too because I was like oh is this funny that I'm wrapping my own studio but I was like <laughs> but it's not for me it's um, it's for it's because we're like I just love this sweatshirt I love the little like funny smiley sun that, that she drew and it's just like so cool and sweet it's
1: an extremely <laughs> cute sweatshirt yeah
0: yeah I I, we just let, I'm like, if we do a run of more, I'll make sure you get one too. (laughs) You can wrap it. I would love that. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, um, it's funny too, because I just always remember the feeling of feeling like a really mediocre designer. Like I just always was like, I am not, I'm not anything that's like so great. And I remember that I always felt really like early on, I felt really jealous of other people. And that feeling was really, really hard to cope with. And I realized over time that that feeling like you couldn't do anything with that feeling that instead it was like better to try to learn from those people or like ask them to show you yeah you know and like that also that copying them like wasn't gonna get me anything but instead it was like well maybe you just team up and be like maybe could we work on this together and yeah
1: well and it's like that thing of like when you were starting out like trying to speak with someone else's voice and I think that's a really really common experience of feeling uncertain about something and then you do that and you're like oh well now I don't know anything yeah <laughs> I'm not me
0: yeah exactly I don't
1: know how this other person makes decisions
0: yeah exactly Exactly. And I um I realized too that over time that I was like, if you can actually take that feeling, that jealousy and like the inverse of it is like Clarissa and I were talking about this too the other day, that uh the inverse of that is admiration. Yeah. And that coming at the work from a place of admiration for what other people do and for like how other people think and how they work is just such a much more generative Place to live, and it's just so much more fun too. Because you're constantly looking at everything in life is happy and sad all the time. But if you're looking at like the place of admiration or the place of like like happiness, you find that like everything you can move ahead with, you can like move forward. And it's not like you know, not saying like toxic positivity kind of (laughs) thing. Like you always have to see the bright side. But hooks holding up the smile in your (laughs) mouth. Exactly. Exactly. I'm very happy. And it's funny, too because um
1: I actually put my pinkies in my mouth there. Yes. <laughs> I
0: didn't wipe I them hate off. It. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny too because it doesn't mean that like we don't look at things critically too or that we don't aren't able to talk about it but it's just more of that place of you know like always ending up on like okay how do we how do we leave this in like the place of of like moving forward and saying yes and happiness. I'm rambling but No,
1: this this is the spirit that I think everyone listening in to the show wants to hear like you know that it is okay to be to be a multivarious person but also to be who you are if that's a very happy person and to be you know goofy but to have sad (laughs) days and
0: huge goofball it's funny because my dad i used to always describe as like a um he was a his personality was a rain cloud with a rainbow coming out of it
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's an emoji if i've ever heard one he
0: was always like just like like the saddest person it was so funny because i remember one day he was like do you want to go visit grandma's grave with me and i was like i was like okay and he's like because fenton's the ice cream place is just next door and we can go get vanilla ice cream
1: (laughs) while we're in the neighborhood you know standard standard cemetery plus ice cream
0: it was like it became a thing that we did cemetery Sundays. we
1: called them (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that be why don't we do that? Cemeteries would be so much thought of as so much more positive places if there was an ice cream booth right at the start, where you just get whatever ice cream you want, and then you walk around and you're like, "Wow, that's cool typography!"
0: Actually, uh, for anybody who's ever finds themselves in the Bay Area, Mountain View Cemetery is right next to Fentons on Piedmont Avenue. Mountain
1: Views is this also near the Google?
0: Uh no, it's actually it's in Oakland, but it's oh. called Mountain View Cemetery. I know it's very strange, but it has this gorgeous mausoleum, and it's Ooh. like I like a
1: good mausoleum. Yeah,
0: I, I want to go to the one in Selwood here so bad that one that's like it's like it's like seven miles of hallways you or know, something. I,
1: I've uh this is very weird, but I've climbed up the side of that building, but I've never been inside <laughs> of that building. Well, I I was on I was on the uh, there's a little trail down there. By little I mean kind of huge actually. And I was on a stretch where you, it's basically like at least a mile in either direction to get off of the trail. <laughs> and I saw someone had like sort of blazed a little trail up the hill and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? It's starting to rain. I should get out of here. Um, I don't want to be on this trail. I didn't bring an umbrella. I'm one of those Portlanders. Don't tell me about how bad you hate umbrellas. I love them. They're great. <laughs> I've never had a Busted one or lost one or anything like that. <laughs> perfect inventions. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'll I'll follow this trail. And I could not really see the fact that it went up. Um, I would say to probably a seventy degree angle at one stage, and you had to climb it by climbing sideways on the fence. Oh
0: my god! Oh my
1: god! <laughs> so. I you know I got some some blackberry scrapes from that I, I I definitely um experienced a side of the mausoleum that a few see.
0: <laughs> you got the extra special tour of it, exactly,
1: yeah. sort wow. of a behind the scenes tour, and like most behind the scenes tours, it turns out it's not very good back there. <laughs> <laughs> Would not recommend.
0: Well, and there's also... the dumpster
1: from Coach. Thank you for behind the scenes touring this to a, a, a Universal <laughs> Studios.
0: Oh my well, they, you know, that they only are open to like the public one day a year or something yeah, I like heard that. that. Yeah. yeah, I feel like you deserve like a private tour at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you earned I've it. I've
1: experienced it through hard mode. Yeah.
0: But,
1: you know, I need beginner. I need to turn the dial back a little bit.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I would. I think we just missed the window for that. Jerry. I know.
0: I found out about it like right after it happened, and I was like, Oh no, because I love that kind of stuff. I absolutely, <laughs> would take my toddler to go. It's
1: one of those things where they they find it out, you know, like at at Oregon Live, and they're like,
0: Well, uh,
1: maybe we'll post the story after because we want to go.
0: Exactly. I think that's what happened. <laughs> It's
1: not news until it happens. So, yeah, we're right in this decision. We all
0: had a great time yeah. with our song show. Sorry you didn't get it's to go. weird nobody
1: was there, and that, that made it so special.
0: <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, mausoleums. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: a happy place to spend a weekend today and get How ice cream. How did we
1: get to this? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Two
0: agents of chaos. <laughs>
1: That's ideally what people look for in this show, I think. Um, Kate, if people want to find out more about what you do, where do they go? What do they do?
0: Well, go check out saintfriend.co or follow us on Instagram at saint underscore friend. And saint spelled out S-A-I-N-T underscore F-R-I-E-N-D. I've never had to spell it out loud. so. (laughs)
1: It's one of those words that kind of does a little thing in the middle where you're like,
0: I'm like sweating. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never had to spell it.
1: There's the i i and e thing, yeah, and then and
0: then st. People always just write st, and I'm like, no, you got to write it out. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) got to do that work.
1: um i would encourage everybody to go check it out because you do some really tremendous work and some really cool packaging design also which i think is kind of not really a thing we talked about oh
0: yeah whatever
1: um (laughs) the Coco cow i believe is the product name yeah packaging really beautiful
0: thank you makes
1: me want to buy that even though i definitely cannot eat any of it because of my lactose issues
0: it's actually vegan and paleo and the whole thing is it really
1: yeah Okay, well, (laughs) I think I know what my afternoon is going to consist of. Um, Well, thank you so much for being here. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. now I need to pull up the thing that I say. (laughs) Also, hey, thank you to the listener. Um, if you like the show, uh, maybe you're hearing it for the first time. Maybe, you're, maybe you've are maybe you been here. Maybe you've been around the block a couple times. You've circled the block looking for parking, looking for those one-way streets that are going in the direction that you want. Bad news. They often don't. Um, but if you do want to uh, go to your destination, which is to save this show... <laughs> On a more regular basis. Wow, this one's really getting away from me. Why not subscribe in your podcast player of choice? Um, You can search the words, did I do that, on those players, and oftentimes that will turn it up. But you can also go to a wonderful website called Did I Do That Dut Design where you can get to all of them very easily through some complicated links I made. On there also, you can find some good, good images that go along with each and every episode that you won't find in the show notes on your podcast player. And if you want those images delivered directly to you, you can go and follow the show on Instagram and perhaps not Twitter as of the time of this recording where Twitter's a we're We're a little uncertain what the future is of Twitter. It might just sort of be a toilet by the time that this goes out in two weeks. Who knows? <laughs> but <Buckle up. laughs> we'll see. Uh, maybe we go back to LinkedIn. Who knows? Oh boy, but anyway, I'm Sean Schuauager. This is Did I do that? And as we always say, at the close of every single episode, murder. <laughs>
0: Do you, wait, Do you say it like like Urkel? Do you say, "Did I do that?"
1: I tr- I truly set you up for failure. Without...
0: Do I say, "Did I do that?" Perfect. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, <laughs>
1: we <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> want me to take that again? No, <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> I think Rudega might actually be the thing that we started. <laughs> I
0: was like, wait, dude, I was like, you told me
1: not to say it there, but then you were like, I'm gonna point to you to say something. Well, and telling I you was telling like- you not to say it is sh- I forget the first rule of design, which is you don't tell what you don't want people to do, because then they're just going to think about that thing forever. <laughs> there's there's no way that that wolfie would have occurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh, oh, it's perfect Thank i you. i love it
0: When I saw the premise of the podcast, I was like, oh, my!" because I was like, oh, my God, like, PSU, like, sh- like, Sean, you're the best, like everything. I-, I was like, yeah, of course. And then I was like, oh, no, it's about like, literally the topic that like emotionally I have the hardest time with. Like, I'm fine, like oh, like being angry, whatever. But like like mistakes and embarrassment yeah. is like <gasps> that white hot feeling. Yes, yes, you know? yes, 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 yes. I think that's probably everybody. But absolutely, yeah. And so I was like, I it literally took me like a day, and I was like, and I think that was also why the following <laughs> because I was so slow to respond. Like in my mind, like subconsciously, it was like preserve yourself, don't do it. And i well, was like, no, come on. <laughs> I
1: I think that happens because I don't think I really ever hear back from anybody the same day I email. Really, I think I think that process happens with everyone, and yeah. the ones that I just don't hear back from. I think they land <laughs> on the other side of the nope nope nope. nope like nope, can't
0: nope. can't do it accessing like the worst parts of myself. Oh weird, your email went to spam. Weird. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's kind of funny. Well, I just had like the very surreal experience too of like with everything that has been happening on Twitter. I was <laughs> like I was like I don't been logged into Twitter in years, but I was like, do I even still need to have this as like a record? And I went back through it and I was most active from like 2012 to 2015. And I went through it and my, I was telling one of my uh, one of our our coworkers at St. Friend and she was like, oh, yeah, it was a different time on Twitter then. we were just sweet summer children. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we
1: had not yet been dipped into the toilet. Yeah, of exactly.
0: And it was funny because my Twitter back then, I was like, oh, I just I was like, there doesn't need to be a record of this on the Internet because it, all it was was it made me sound like very clueless and like a tech, (laughs) like a kind of entitled tech person. Cause I'm just like, oh my god there's kombucha in my office awesome <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a literal tweet and so just I'm, a
1: snapshot of what what portland was well, at that a an, it, it was worse
0: it was in san francisco oh, so i was wow. like yeah it was really like i was in it and i was just like <laughs> we don't need this we don't need this <laughs> it's just delete
1: yeah I, there should be kind of an expiration date on I everything feel like there should be at one point i want to say it was maybe 20 15 or something like that i had to go back and just purge my tumblr yeah. just like oh tumblr you need to go yeah, to yeah i now. know
0: it's like you're like yeah there no is one a- needs
1: to hear my essays from grad school no <laughs> no that's no no thanks just awesome. gonna just gonna send those uh, to the delete exactly zone. the delete zone off
0: to computer heaven <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the worst computer repair shop there is computer heaven I know. don't take your computer there <laughs> They don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't think they've saved one of them.
0: They're like, we fixed correct phone screens. They just put masking tape over. It. <laughs> there you go.
1: You just yeah, it's just like one of those toy phones that you get from the grocery store for, <laughs> for like a dog or something. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's, you know the the screen feels a little different, but it does make this great squeaking noise. So that, that's an improvement. Um. Okay. This is probably enough nonsense. Yeah. <laughs>